With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zen 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Are you tired of endlessly searching for work, applying for jobs, and never hearing back? Job openings vanishing into thin air? What if with just one connection, you could link with dozens of companies that are hiring? What if that connection was a locally owned business ready to help without charging a fee? Express Employment Professionals is your one connection. Go to ExpressPros.com. With endless opportunities, it's time to try something new in your job search. Let Express Employment Professionals help you. Start at ExpressPros.com. Maller here. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full lineup of Pirelli tires. Go to TireRack.com sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you. One of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com. The way tire buying should be. Thanks for listening to the best of the Ben Maller Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weeknight from 2 to 6 Eastern, 11 p.m. to 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And to find your local station for the Ben Maller Show at foxsportsradio.com, you can find it there. Or stream us live every night on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of the Ben Maller Show on Fox Sports Radio. We are off to the races in the 2018 World Series. Andrew Benintendi, specifically off to the races. He had four hits. He would have gone four for four, but the game kept going, so he got that last at bat. So he went four Who? for five. Andrew Benintendi of the Red Sox. Never heard of him. You know what his kryptonite was? Left-handed pitching. Andrew Benintendi had four hits, all of them against left-handed pitching. Uh, three runs scored. He had an RBI. The Red Sox. Pull away, as I said, 8-4. to four. You saw the game, right? You were watching it. And the cool thing about the World Series is if you were busy and you couldn't watch the beginning of the game, the game lasted long enough where you had plenty of time. I had plenty of time. You could have gone out and seen a movie and come back and the game would still be going on. Three hours and 52 minutes of riveting Major League Baseball action between Boston and and Los Angeles at Fenway. So how unusual was Andrew Benintendi's performance? It is literally the first time in what is, granted, a brief career by Benintendi that he had ever had four hits against left-handers in a game. Going back to Little League, 
four hits, four hits against left-handed pitching, and so much for that Achilles heel because that is a reminder what has happened does not guarantee it will happen again. Past results do not guarantee future outcomes, which is a positive and a negative. And while Ben Intendi was good, that is not the story of the night. That's not the plot twist that many people are talking about. And we should point out, if you did not see this game and you were just looking at the box score, you'd say, wow, 8-4. to four. Wow, the Sox killed the Dodgers. No. The final score was lopsided, but that is a, a, not the proper indicator of how the game was played. It was a tense back-and-forth game. Well, really, the Red Sox would go ahead. The Dodgers would come back and tie it. That's how that went. Uh, and So the Red Sox were playing in the pole position most of the game, but the Dodgers were hanging around. And the moment, the moment we'll remember here was when Dave Roberts went to the bullpen. It was a one-run game in the seventh inning. He takes out Pedro Baez, who had been striking everybody out, although he was only in for a couple of batters, and he goes to Alex Wood. And unfortunately, Alex Wood was not wearing his diaper when he came in from the bullpen because it was a mess. It was bad against the light-hitting Eduardo Nunez, a player so injured, so damaged that there was not a consensus he would even make the World Series roster because, or even play in game one. He did make the roster, but... Uh, that was the turning point. Alex Wood came in, and Nunez put the barrel of the bat on a pitch that was not even a strike and ends up hitting it over the monster, a mortal blow for the Dodgers and a celebratory blow for the Red Sox. That three-run homer, for all intents and purposes, ended game one of the World Series. And because of that, Dave Roberts being barbecued by pundits all over the place, people destroying Dave Roberts for this particular decision. It was bad. It was bad. I want to point out that some radio producers calling for Dave Roberts' head on a platter, I would like to say that right now, saying that, absolutely. No, not name names. So let's talk about this. The question, well, Let's let's go with the story within the story here. The question, is Dave Roberts to blame for the Dodgers losing game one of the World Series? I'm going to go no. I'm actually going to go no on this. I'm going no. I'll be the contrary. Now, let me explain. My thoughts, you've got the lighter fluid, necessity, and the fighting spirit. And we'll tie all this together. Now, number one, Dave Roberts, I get it. He is a convenient whipping boy. And I wish I was like the vast majority and I could just treat Dave Roberts like a pinata and you get a swing, you get a swing. It's like an eight-year-old's birthday party and you're just waiting for candy to come out. No, it's not like that. You got to keep things in some perspective here. Was Dave Roberts guilty of micromanaging? Yes. Has Dave Roberts done this all year? Yes. Those things are true. Is that why the Dodgers lost the game? No. They were trailing. There's this cascading failure to go around. But for me, rather than point my finger at Dave Roberts, the first person I point my finger at is Clayton Kershaw. And yet again, another hiccup. It's it's nonstop. 
I mean, the guy will have a, a, a pretty good outing. It's either zero or 100 miles an hour. There's nothing in between. There's no middle ground. Now, the numbers, the postseason numbers for Kershaw are as an average pitcher. But he has either been marvelous or he has been a hot mess. Now, the Kershaw defenders will say, well, it's, well yeah, but he left the game and he'd only given up three runs in the bullpen. Matson came in and gave up those other couple of runs. So it's not on Kershaw. Zip it. That's what I have to say. Okay? Zip it. Zip it. Clayton Kershaw has been well compensated for his regular season performance, and congratulations. But when you're the centerpiece, when you're the $30 million man, and you continue to have far more gutless than great performances, that's on Clayton Kershaw. I don't want to hear, yeah, but this guy screwed up, and yeah, but that guy screwed up. It's on Kershaw. The Dodgers were lucky they were in the game in the seventh inning, considering how Kershaw started the game by vomiting all over the mound at Fenway. When he is in the postseason, Clayton Kershaw, you know what he's got? He's got his uniform on, and in the back pocket, he's got a little canister. It's a flask of lighter fluid. And at any moment, that lighter fluid can come out of his back pocket. You know, the, the old line about habits, you know, habits are extremely hard to change. And they become ingrained, right? They become ingrained and, and because they're, they're they're almost automatic. That's why you want to form good habits. Or in the case of Kershaw, bad habits in the postseason. Kershaw goes out there and you know, you're 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 betting more times than not you're gonna get a dog food performance. Now, Alex Wood also sucked at a time you should not suck. And as much as I would love to condemn Dave Roberts for going to Alex Wood. You know, the, the reality is in that situation, if you, you play the odds, I think Nunez had two home runs all year against left-handed pitching. His body falling apart. Surprised that he was even able to play in the game. So you're not going to kill him for that. But Alex, Alex Wood, you've, you've got to get the guy out. And of all the possible outcomes, that's the one you cannot have. Let's hear from Dave Roberts here who will – Let's see if he puts lipstick and cologne and gives a little shoulder rub to Clayton Kershaw. I don't think he had the fastball command that uh, he typically does. Uh, missing up in the zone. Yeah. I don't think his slider had the depth that we're used to seeing. Depth. And th- those guys, to their credit, they put some good at-bats on him. We didn't, we didn't play uh, the defense that we typically do. And I thought we left some outs out there, and it didn't make Clayton's job any easier. Yeah. Okay. Well, they didn't make... His job, he didn't make their job easier, I should say. He came out, you know, it's down 2 nothing in the first inning. Can you at least give up a, a goose egg in the first inning? How about that? You know, at least get to the second inning. Uh, here's more from Dave Roberts, and uh, he's uh, waxing poetic, and uh, he's, he's, he's going all, he's all over the place, Roberts. We don't expect these guys to give us anything, so we expect it to be a hard-fought series. But the way we competed, I mean, even at the end, to get Kimbrell in the game, to see him, to get a look at him, to see Evaldi, I thought offensively we did a, we did a really good job, and that's that's um, what we've done all year long. Well, that we'll we'll address that in a moment. The, the Red Sox, the second point here: the, the Red Sox, they had to win this game. So that's ah, game one. Every game is important in the World Series, but this was a necessity, the a bare necessity 
for the Red Sox. Now, why is that? Obviously, you want to set the proper tone, right? You want to put pressure on the Dodgers, and you're the monsters of baseball and all this. If the Red Sox, you want to hold home field advantage. But more importantly, Boston has their Clayton Kershaw pitching in game two. They've got their enigma that's on the mound in game two of the World Series. Shout out David Price, who set the pitch. And we keep hearing and reading that Price had his turning point moment against the Astros in the American League Championship Series, that the light bulb went on, and now he is going to be the dominant pitcher that David Price has been in the regular season. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. How do you know that that light bulb that went on was just not flickering and that it's going to go back out? The assumption that the light bulb stays on is a false assumption until we see some other data to back it up. And my evidence on that is Clayton Kershaw, who has had some marvelous performances in the playoffs, shut down the Atlanta Braves. They look like a a little league team in the postseason, his first start. Then he goes to Milwaukee, and in unison was Yasmani Grandal, who I'm upset with Dave Roberts. I'm more upset with Roberts because Grandal got into the game in this World Series game. I'm upset with him. I'm upset with the Dodger front office. How is Grandal on the roster? The guy blows. I mean, what are you doing? What are you leaving? Let, let him leave. What is that about? No, but the, the, back to David Price. So, so the, we're supposed to be believing into the dogma that Price is back. Price is back. Price is going to be good. He's got all the heebie-jeebies out of his system. I don't buy it. I I don't buy it. Price has served up dog. You know what? In uh, many, many times, and a lot of the Dodger regulars have had success in their careers uh, against David Price. Now, the last point, and Dave Roberts addressed this, the positive for the Dodgers, for those that think this is going to be a very short World Series, is they did show the fighting spirit. Uh, and they, every time they would take a step forward, their pitchers would then go out there and have diarrhea and give it back up. But... Uh, they were elbowing their way back in the game, and they were putting pressure on the Red Sox, and that's the kind of resolve and moxie that you have to have to compete in the postseason, especially when you're the presumptive underdog, uh, preemptive underdog, I should say. But but it does bode well for uh, the World Series. And I, I have a hunch that Hyunjin Ryu is going to pitch marvelous for the Dodgers in Game 2 at Fenway. And uh, so this is, uh, let's keep an eye on Ryu in two for the Dodgers. So I'll say that out. And and I I have learned, and a lot of people don't understand this, but this is not a single elimination. Last I checked, the World Series is not, and maybe I'm wrong on this, but I, I do not believe the World Series is like the NCAA men's basketball tournament. So you still have to win three other games. And the Dodgers, when they play in Boston, are essentially playing with house money. Because as the the underdog, they're not supposed to win those games in Boston. They only have to win one. They have to win the the arithmetic works out where the Dodgers have to win one game in Boston. For that to work out, they have to win all three games at Dodger Stadium, which does not leave much margin for error. But there is a legitimate handicap that the Red Sox are going to have in Los Angeles that they they're going to play a different style of game. It's like if you in the NBA. If the Eastern Conference, when playing the Western Conference, had to play, on when they played in the Western Conference, the Eastern Conference team 
had to wear different shoes. They had to wear like tap dancing shoes instead of regular shoes. That's uh, you know, to some degree what the Red Sox are going to experience at Dodger Stadium. So the pressure's still on them to win game two. And Manny Machado had three RBIs and all that. And Chris Sale did not get the win. Joe Buck made Chris Sale out to be baby Jesus, but he did not get the win in this game. So Great timing. <laughs> you talk about having the, the magical touch. Joe Buck was waxing poetic about how great – David, uh, Chris Sale was, and he's going on and on about Sale this and Sale that. I mean, it was, it was the kind of bubble bath that you rarely get. It was the same bubble bath that Josh Hader got for the Brewers. Like Joe Buck wanted to have Josh Hader's first child, uh, and 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 in this series, it was Chris Sale this, Chris Sale that, and, and as he was going through all of his talking points about how great Chris Sale was, Matt Kemp hit a home run. <laughs> it was uh, the timing on that was pretty good. All right, so the, the Ben Maller Show on Fox. We say hello right over there. And Wreck-It Ralph is gone. We got rid of Wreck-It Ralph. We survived Wreck-It Ralph. And Steve DeSager <laughs> making a rare cameo appearance on the Good evening. overnight show. Hello, Steve. Now, this first segment of yours, is yes. that a preview of coming attractions? Because David Price has the similar contract of Clayton Kershaw, and then depending on what happens in game two, are you just going to come back with this and fill in the blanks? Are you saying I'm going to repurpose that Maller monologue? Is that what I'm you're saying, saying it yeah. may get recycled, you know, the yeah. environment and all. Well, I will change some of the words around, but okay. I, I'm not beyond that. If, if if it so applies, if Price should go out right. and have the you know what's uh, on the mound there and not be able to handle the moment, Steve. I I, I do think calling the Clayton Kershaw hiccups that continually happen. I think that's accurate. Uh, some people who don't know what they're talking about say, "Oh, not good in the post." Actually, he's been. Ten times, very good in the postseason, but every year there's one or two of these games. Well, that makes him bad, though. You know. That you, makes him not nearly yeah, as good if, as the regular if, if season. If you work for the Postal Service and you deliver 500 packages in a no, row. No, we are on the same page. I'm saying <laughs> right. I have actually heard people say the silly yeah. sentence, he's not good in the postseason. You and I have multiple times seen him, including Game 1 of the World Series last year, be awesome <laughs> in the postseason. Yes, but that's usually early on, uh, typically, and and you know it's just it's sporadic. Good start, bad start. Good start, bad start. Will you give him Kershaw is, on the play? Which means his next start will be a gem. Which means Kershaw's next so. start will he if, will dominate. If there is a next start, Ben. Oh, look at you! Oh. You're such a negative. Person. Dealing with fire, Matt. Dave Roberts. <laughs> no, no, you're you're being a prisoner of the moment. <laughs> this series is going to go seven games, Steve. To say seven really? games between the Dodgers and Red Sox. Yes. Which means all weekend there will be baseball in LA. It'll go at least get five. We guarantee five. It'll go six. Go back to Boston. A Mr. Nice Guy writes and he says, Which formerly beloved Dodger will Ben and Roberto turn on next? He's then got a list. <laughs> He's got Matt Kemp. Well, I've already turned on Kemp. Uh, Cody Bellinger, Justin Turner, and uh, then he says, uh, Duck Dodgers. He says, uh, I think that, I think you changed no, the word there. No, Kike. Kike's garbage. Kike? Yeah. You know, a big fan of Kike. Hasn't had a hit since the first round, right? Yep. Yeah. Keeps getting his bats, though. <laughs> keep, and he's played the whole game. They keep saying Good job, there. Dave Roberts. They yeah. ran out of players tonight. He just stayed in the lineup all night. Tonight. You know why the Red Sox won, according to Kike? Their fans were really good. There was a lot <laughs> yeah, of energy exactly. in the ballpark. <laughs> if the fans hadn't been into the game, the Red Sox would have lost that game, clearly. Clearly, that's the case. Absolutely. Be sure to catch live editions of the Ben Maller Show weekdays at 2 a.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
We're not going to spend all that much time on the World Series because there's other stuff to get to. We have to talk about phlegm. Not a game. Not a game. we got to talk about phlegm. There's a good story about phlegm. We all have phlegm. Not everyone talks about phlegm. We'll talk about phlegm uh, later. But the World Series, uh, a couple of thoughts here. Now, Eduardo Nunez is, by Red Sox standards, a scrub. All right, And in the big picture, you'd rather have Eduardo Nunez beat you than J.D. Martinez or Mookie Betts. Right, if you had to say, well, I don't think Eduardo Nunez can hit a home run, right? I don't think he can do it. I'll challenge Eduardo Nunez. And if you saw the game last night on Fox, you know that Eduardo Nunez did hit a home run. It was on a pitch that was at his ankles, it looked like to me, on my television. But he ends up hitting a home run, and that was the separating point. That was the the, the fatal blow uh, for the Dodgers. And then it was the chance for the Red Sox to win and celebrate and all that. Uh, so they win. Game one of the World Series. Now, I wanted to mention Andrew Benintendi. Uh, we talked about him a little bit at the beginning. You want to go back and hear the podcast, uh, hour number one. But Benintendi, he he played Captain Cool uh, after the game. He was told by a bunch of media dopes who cover the World Series how excited they were to pass on to Benintendi that in the history of the World Series, that goes way back to the early 1900s, Andrew Benintendi was just the third player in Red Sox history, to have four hits in a, in a World Series game, and there's even more than that. It's a very rare your first World Series game that you'll put up those kind of numbers. So they give him all these information, and Benintendi, his response was uh, a total of four words. His initial quote was, quote, I don't really qu- care, was what he said. That was the first part of the quote. And then he went deep into the bag of sports cliches from sportscliche.com and said, I'm just glad we won the game. So I wanted to talk about this briefly. Do you think deep down that Andrew Benintendi does not care that he wrote his name into baseball lore? Uh, Of course not. Come on. Listen, I know you're supposed to say that because if he had said the opposite and taken a bow, he would have had hell to pay. But of course, Ben, unless he's not human. Now, I will tell you, uh, from my experience doing some some radio in Boston over the last year, of all the Red Sox players, he is the biggest bore on the Red Sox, Andrew Benintendi. He is so dull. He is so uninteresting. Uh, it is it is nails on a chalkboard to listen to this man give a quote. He is say, He says nothing interesting. It is all one giant blob. Of sports cliches. But as much as Eduardo Nunez it was so outrageous that he hit that home run, I would counter that by saying it is equally outrageous that Andrew Benintendi had four hits in the World Series, and it was all against left-handed pitching, considering he had been a no-show to the American League Championship Series. Benintendi batted 208 against the Astros. 208. He had five hits in the entire American League Championship Series. He had four hits in Game 1 of the World Series uh, against the so-called vaunted Dodger pitching staff. So the the Red Sox get the jump, but it's going to be a long series, the World Series. It's going to be a seven-game series. And so the Red Sox feeling pretty good about themselves, but life comes at you fast. And uh, the Dodgers suddenly win a game. They go back to L.A. They even won one squared up. And uh, not that I believe in momentum, because I don't, 
But I do believe in confidence, and the Red Sox uh, will be questioning theirs as they will not have one of their regulars, either a key defensive player or a key offensive player, will not be in the lineup at Chavez Ravine over the weekend in Los Angeles. All right, now we'll pause the all-you-can-eat World Series buffet because we have other stuff to get to. We, we need to talk about grown men saliva. Grown men saliva. We need to discuss specifically the Lakers guard, Rajan Rondo, spitting at Rockets guard Chris Paul. Now, this was a story from over the weekend, but it's got legs. It's got legs, and it has new life. Now, Adam Silver and friends ended up suspending Chris Paul for two games. Rondo got a three-game suspension. Now, the reason the story has new legs is Rondo continues to deny that he intentionally spat on Paul during the the Donnybrook that took place in the late stages of the Rockettes and Lakers game over the weekend. So the, the vagabond guard claiming that he could not have successfully spit at Paul because he was wearing a mouth guard which handicapped his ability to unload a loogie, and therefore it was not a successful spit. Uh, and that's just the tip of the spear. Right, that's just the tip of the spear. If you didn't hear the rest, Rondo. Now, there's no audio on this. He said it uh, without a, a microphone in front of him. But Rondo then went nuclear on Chris Paul, saying that he got preferential treatment from Adam Silver, uh, saying that CP3, uh, the the good guy image is phony. The quote from Rondo, he said, "Everyone wants to believe Chris Paul is a good guy." He said they don't know he's a horrible teammate. They don't know how he treats people. Rondo defended himself by saying, hey, he said, look, look at what he did last year when he uh, was in L.A. trying to get into the Clipper locker room. I remember that. It's a savage act by Chris Paul, the hoodlums from Houston. Uh, Rondo continued. He said they don't want to believe he, meaning CP3, is capable of taunting and igniting an incident he comes out and says, I spit, and the media sides with that. All right, so that's the end of the quote. Let's unpack this story. There's a lot to discuss. The question is, does Rondo have a legitimate point with his gripe? Now, the answer, this is where it's complicated. It's not straightforward. The answer is, yes, Rondo has a point. However, he's still guilty. All right, these two things can both be mutually true, right? They both can be mutually true. Now, my viewpoint, you've got masculinity, the chameleon, and the outcast. Those three things. Now, we'll bind it all together. First of all, Rajon Rondo would absolutely win in a back alley street fight with Chris Paul. You know and I know that Rondo has a bit of nasty inside of him. And he would take down Chris Paul. If these guys squared up on Figueroa Avenue or Boulevard right outside Staples Center, uh, then Paul would have ended up getting into uh, an ambulance rather than the team bus uh, is what would have happened there. And uh, so Rondo wins the masculinity battle. And after all, Chris Paul lost a lot of masculinity when he played for the Clippers and was a regular on the Ellen Show. It's hard to have a lot of machismo when you're hanging out with Ellen. It's just very difficult. It's very those two things that that that's not it's not right. Now his entire time with the Clippers, uh, when Paul was not playing point guard, he was or injured, he was hustling the Hollywood crowd. And 
to give you an idea, and I know some people, I have a friend of mine, we, we laugh, we know a, a certain person in the, the television business who is legendary for this, and, and there's a lot of people like this. Chris Paul is what's known as a social climber. He has no time for Rondo. CP3 is not a man of the people. He has a group of elitist friends. He only has time for the high and mighty. That's kind of how he operates. Nevertheless, you know, Rondo is still guilty of spitting a loogie or a partial loogie into the face of Chris Paul. Now, what's my evidence? I've got video and I've got a motive. Because you, you've watched these detective shows. You've got to find a motive and you, you have to find you know, some kind of evidence. I've got both that. Rondo and Paul have had a long-standing beef. The bad blood goes back multiple teams in multiple years. I have physical evidence beyond a reasonable doubt. Let's go to the videotape, as Warner Wolf would say. You can see the spittle coming out of Rondo's mouth. And, and let's admit, you know, Rondo attempted to be coy. And I think the most upsetting thing for Rondo in all of this was he got suspended for doing it, and it wasn't the full gigantic loogie to the eyeball that you would want. It was like a halfway modest spit by Rondo. And it's like, I want to get full credit, right? I want I would like to get full credit. And he didn't get full credit because he went halfway. Uh, real quick, secondly, Chris Paul, the word for him outside of the basketball court, he's an opportunist. That's what Chris Paul is. He can walk into a room, and there's this is a skill that few people have, but those that have it go very far in life. Chris Paul walks into a room, he takes the temperature of the room, and he figures out what kind of facade he has to point put up for that particular room. He's been doing it for a long time. He's <laughs> he's as close to a confidence man as you can get. I, I remember in previous generations, Isaiah Thomas, the original Isaiah Thomas of the Pistons was like this. He had that million-dollar smile, and but you knew that there, there was a, a phony. It was phony. And Chris Paul's like a chameleon because – the masquerade, it upsets guys like Rondo because Rondo doesn't play the game. And these other guys, a lot of them know it's disingenuous because they know the real story. And Chris Paul, uh, he, on the court, he's had a great accomplishments, many great accomplishments. He's going to the Hall of Fame and all that as a basketball player. But for all the success, back when he was good with the Clippers, he's not good anymore. Uh, he's injury prone with the Rockets. He's misses big games. But with the Clippers, when he was really good, the, the thing that he could not do was get harmony. Uh, not that I'm a chemistry guy. I'm not. But you do have to get along with your coworkers. And CP3 rarely even attempted to get on the same page with Blake Griffin. They were butting heads regularly. And uh, you know, there, there were many reasons for that. But you know, the, the, the one constant had been Chris Paul with other teams he has played on. The same thing happened. Now, the final word. Rondo has never played the media game. I think we all agree on that. And he's had his many hiccups. Uh, and, and Chris Paul, on the other hand, the thing about Chris Paul, when you're a social climber, Chris Paul goes out of his way to accommodate the reporters, to pander to the mainstream basketball media elite. And these fanboys in the basketball media, they treat if you treat them well, they treat you like a god among peasants. These, these basketball media guys, they worship you. They, they really do. They massage your shoulders and the whole thing. And Chris Paul sought after for commercials and endorsements. He's he's got the the marketability. Rondo doesn't have that. When's the last time you saw Rondo in a commercial? 
<laughs> I don't I don't recall him anything other than a regional car commercial. I don't recall him in anything. And and he is the outcast. Rondo is the blot on the landscape of the NBA. He's the guy that gets tossed around from team to team to team, not by his choice, right? Chris Paul changes teams, but Chris Paul changes teams because he chooses to change teams oftentimes. Rondo changes teams because, ah, you know, he's, he's the outcast. He's the bad. He, he plays when he wants. He's uncoachable. He's a sourpuss. All that is true uh, about Rondo. All right, it's the Ben Maller Show on Fox. We're talking about the World Series and also the big spitting update from the NBA. We say hello to Steve D. Sager. Tase me, bro. Oh, that's, that's good. I like that. That is solid. That is good to Sager audio. Play that again. I need to hear that again. Tase me, bro. There was oh, actually your story from an hour ago. I don't know what you're two. talking about. I didn't talk about tasing. Yeah, what are you exactly. talking about? Like I would Chris never Sale. talk about Why would I talk about tasing? Yeah. I'm an adult male talking sports. I don't <laughs> no, talk about tasing. Well, you're wrong on two counts did there. did a Mallard monologue about saliva and loogies. <laughs> I got to mention loogies twice on the radio. That's pretty good. In hour one of the show, you were yes. quite confident there will be not just a game five Sunday night yeah. in Los Angeles. Halloween, I'm confident too, Steve. Game seven, Halloween night. Be there. Be, you know, be out the door. Uh, you're aware that this Sunday in downtown L.A., therefore, all four major sports would be in action. Same area, same yeah. town, all four sports. Rams day game, L.A. Kings uh, at Staples Center. Even, the Rams are like Clippers night. at Staples Center at yeah. night and uh, Dodgers night game. Well, I can only go to one game. I can't. But they, the, the, the Packer-Rams game is no competition. Rams are going to kill Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Packers blow chunks. Everyone's going to be betting on the Packers saying, oh, my God, the Packers are getting nine points. This is the biggest underdog of Aaron Rodgers' career, and the Rams are going to win by 20 over the, the Packers. So you're saying Las Vegas doesn't know what they're talking about? No, I'm saying the public's a bunch of rubes, and they're going to bet on Green Bay thinking that Vegas got it wrong, and I Vegas think, didn't get it wrong. I think some people were betting Kershaw for the same reason tonight. Uh, no. No, I said First last night. First time in six years, underdog, no, Dodgers no. with Kershaw. <clears throat> I said last night uh, the Red Sox will likely win game one. I, I have no concern. I'm not overreacting here. I'm very calm. I'm very relaxed. <laughs> Wait a minute. Do I sound like someone who's got angst? I have no angst, Sager. You know, there I is have... no angst. No <laughs> angst. I have heard the show before, you know. No, you have not. That's yeah. a lie. <laughs> I actually... that, is a, that is a lie. I am subdued. I am fine. I am calm. I, I, I'm... Um, Just dealing with muted. facts. This is the Dodgers' 20th World Series in their franchise history. Yeah. If they don't pull this off, and they're huge underdogs... That will be 6-14. and 14. That is six titles for the franchise, losing the World Series 14 times, including, yeah, of course, all terrible. the Brooklyn. You are such a negative person, okay? They are not favored here, Ben Maller. I've seen the record in, the record in World Series game ones, though. They're like 6-13 and 13 all time or something like that. Actually, on the road in World Series game ones, it's 1-11 and 11 in Dodgers history. I'll see, so that's why we so, lost today. Let me ask you a question. You seem like a... Occasionally a bright guy, okay? I generally <laughs> like you. I, we've known each other for many years. When you used to do the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim postgame show, I would hang out with you <laughs> in the early days. Ago, yes. we, we would hang out. We were young radio guys. Paul Carrillo was playing then. Oh, did you see they retired They just retired his number. Oh, That's how old you are now. Oh, my God. I remember when they uh, – I was so excited when they got him. Oh, my God. And I saw my, my friend Billy Robertson – or Robertson uh, – Robertson, yes. The PR guy, the old PR yes. guy for the Ducks. Went to Minnesota. And they brought back all the old Mighty Duck people, and I, they were Posting pictures like God, man, boy, I've glory days. Feel like a dinosaur. <laughs> you know, the, but do you do the you pre-cup. think 
Yes, but I mean, do you think that what happened in 1916 when the Dodgers, or the Brooklyn Robins, played in the World Series, or in 1920, no. has any impact on no. what's happening in in like today? No, right. What I brought not. in the uh, first segment one hour ago, Ben Maller, yeah. has everything to do with it. Boston won 108 games. Doesn't this matter. Year. They, it's not like they get an extra two runs every game because they won 108 games. There's True. a reason they won 108 yes, games. Yes, the reason's the Baltimore Orioles nope. and the Toronto Blue Jays. Nope. That is the reason to Sager. It's called stat stuffing is what it is. It, you're win stuffing. So they're not good. Did you see the no, last the, the, series? Did you see all the two-hound hits? And listen to me. Okay. The Let two me. strike hits. Almost half of their I'm, hits were with two I'm strikes. I'm not listening to you. Listen to me. All right, let me explain. Recent history. Let me explain. Oh, God. Coop? <sighs> all right. I, I will concede that the Red Sox have a better team than the Dodgers overall from top to bottom. There but, we go. But, <laughs> listen to me. But there's a caveat to that. They should be about 100, uh, 98 to 100 win team. So the difference is like six to eight games, which is nothing. The extra eight games are a result of the Baltimore Orioles and the Toronto Blue Jays. The Red Sox were 31 and 7 against those teams using Maller Math, 24 games above 500. So it's inflated is the record there. Do you agree that the Dodgers, based on talent, should have won far more than their 92 games Yes, this the year? Dodgers, the Definitely. Prob- the Dodgers took the first 40 games off. Yes. Yeah. They didn't show up for the first 40 <laughs> games. But if, if, if you look, and we did the math on this as well. I'm glad you're here to say it makes me sound so smart. From May 17th <laughs> through the end of the regular season, the Red Sox won 79 games. Once the Dodgers showed up, May 17th, the Dodgers won 76. So the difference well, that's also was three when, wins. That's when Turner showed up. Yes, but the difference is three wins. So you're really talking about the Red Sox have won three more games than the Dodgers, which is not an invincible barrier, a glass ceiling. Go back to no, my original point. Nobody was even watching baseball in April. That's how, my point. No, how are the Dodgers Why? with two outs and runners in scoring position? They're, Horrendous. They're due. Yes. <laughs> the team that keeps leaving men on base is the team they have been for six months. Just say your work with the me. game was five to four until Roberts made that decision the, the, that he did. It's the law of averages to say it's going to happen. And yeah, you're right. It was a close game, and the Dodgers are not at all a winning team in close you games this year because a, of yes, this are. swing that, from the heels. Don't uh, move men over. Try for the homer, not the single philosophy that comes from the front of office. Don't make me go to the stats to say because I'll go to the stats again okay two outs runners in scoring position worst in the national league how about that stat don't make me go red sox with runners in scoring position superb how about that stat the dodgers were 20 what was the dodgers record this year in one run games oh they were 500 damn there you go all right be sure to catch live editions of the ben maller show weekdays at 2 a.m eastern 11 p.m pacific it's maller how about that to the third degree this is when Big Ben gets grilled. Let's go, Coop. Yet again, reports of the Patriots' death were premature as they are now 5-2 and two and back in the driver's seat in the AFC East. The question is, Ben, do you think they are still the team to beat in the entire AFC? Yeah, if I had 1000 bucks, I would bet on the Patriots, of course. Absolutely. First of all, Belichick is molding this team into the standard postseason juggernaut. The AFC East is peewee football with the Bills, Jets, and Dolphins. And secondly, Kansas City... They, they're, they're down in the loss column as far as uh, you know, if they're head-to-head, they tie because the Patriots have the tiebreaker head-to-head. 
Uh, and the Chiefs still have to play the Rams, Ravens, and Chargers. They're going to lose one of those games. The Patriots are going to get home field again in Foxborough. Next. Now, according to a report from The Athletic, Derek Carr has a, quote, fractured relationship with his teammates <laughs> thanks to them seeing and hearing him cry after getting sacked and injuring his arm a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Ben, do you believe the report? Now, this is what's called in politics a canard, is what it's called. Uh, no, Derek Carr's days, they are numbered in Oakland, but it's not because of this. right? The writing's on the wall. A, John Gruden is doing demo work on the heart and soul of the Raiders. Everything's available. If you know Any player, the Raiders are going to be a monstrosity. And the second thing here, my theory on the Raiders now, I figured it out. Their goal is to suck as much as you can suck between now and they open that new stadium in Vegas. They want to have everything set up when they arrive in Sin City to be dominant for several years. Kind of like the Rams sucked in St. Louis before they moved to L.A., and now they're this, this great team. All right, next. <laughs> Despite getting suspended for... Like for <laughs> 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 Despite getting suspended for the most games of anyone involved in the Rockets-Lakers scuffle, yeah. Brandon Ingram still said that he was pleasantly surprised that he only received uh, like four games. Yeah, Ben, do you think he should have gotten more? Oh, yeah, of course. He, he should have gotten at least ten games. He got leniency here. Brandon Ingram pushed James Harden in the back. He sucker-punched somebody else already engaged in a fight from behind. That generally is taboo in organized professional team sports. You don't do that at the YMCA. You don't do that at a pickup game down at the park. You don't do it in the NBA. He did all those things. Uh, but look, Adam Silver continues to be a toothless commissioner. He wants to be buddy-buddy with all these players. He went light on everybody. All those guys. If David Stern, back in the old days with David Stern, they all would have been out for like a month. So, of course, yes, it was a shock to everyone involved that Ingram got off easy. All right. There we go, Koopaloop. How did we do? Ben, you failed. That's a winner. I won it. Roberto liked it. Roberto smiled. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Attention, everyone. And the password is... Password. You idiot. Password, the word game of the stars. Here's Ben Maller. All right, let's do this password time. We welcome in our contestants in one corner... We go now to America's favorite drag queen caller, Phylexis in Rochester, formerly in Rochester. Hello, Phylexis. Hi, Ben. Hello, America. Hello, Red Sox fans. What about the Dodger fans? You want to say hello to them? Hello, everybody. <laughs> right. I'm ready. I'm ready, Ben. Let's, let's get the show on the road, Okay, baby. hold on a sec. And we have Cowboy in Windsor who's going to play. Hello, Cowboy. Hello, Ben. Hello, Phylexis. Hello, everybody. All right, good. Hold on a sec. Now, Phylexis, who would you like to match up with? You can play with me, Ben. You can. What are you laughing at? You can play with me, Ben, Steve, Roberto, and it's not that funny. And Koopaloo, who do you want to partner up with? Oh, I've never had Roberto before. I bet he's good. Go ahead, Roberto. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. All right, boy, you're, you're in for a treat. Uh, Cowboy, who do you want to partner up with Cowboy John Brad? Well, I'll take Justin. All right, Koopaloo. Yes. There you go. Very good. All right, gentlemen, you have words one through ten. We start out with ten points. We work our way down to nine, eight, seven, six, five, et cetera. And we'll lock. You know how to count. All right. All right. <laughs> Alexis, 
Calm down. All right, you're on the air, stupid. All right, here we go. Pick, <laughs> pick, pick a number between 1 and 10. I'm, I'm going to enjoy this. Eight. Number 8. All right, go ahead, Roberto. Number 8. Uh, Wiggle. <laughs> huh? Wiggle. Wiggle? Move. Yeah. No. no. All right. <laughs> And we go over to Cowboy. Uh, all right, Cowboy, are you, are you familiar with the Maller Maneuver? I like this, the Maller Maneuver. Uh, yeah. Okay. You heard, That's cheating. You heard Roberto's no, clue. Fine. I'm going to go milk. Cow. No. That's <laughs> not the Maller Maneuver. Oh. It's okay, Cowboy. We'll that get was next good, time. That was good execution, though. All right, we go back to... Alexis and Roberto, this scoreless game here. Okay, you heard, you heard all those clues, Alexis, right? So the next one is vibrate. Vibrator? All right, Cowboy. Can't believe um, that's not it. I was shocked. Yes. I, I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'm gonna go with tremble. Shake. Yeah. 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 Oh. All right, what is Taking that? the lead. What is that? Nine, seven points? All right, you got seven points, Koopa Loop. You take the lead, and you're up next year. Pick a number, Cowboy, one to ten, but not eight. Uh, four. Number four. Oh, okay. Number four. Nice. Uh, all, right. all right, Cowboy, I'm going to go with Crash. Oh, accident. No. Oh. Okay, Roberto, there's an opportunity here to get the lead with Flexus. Uh... Smash. Demolish? No. Oh, no. Back to Coop. Let's try uh, Impact. Impact. Cowboy. Yeah! Cowboy! Woo! Was it 15 to nothing? I think that's right. Is that right? That's right. All right, 15 nothing. And we go back to Flexus to try to avoid the shutout with Roberto. Pick a number real quick between 1 and 10, but not 4 and not 8. Or not. Flexus? Yeah. Well, I think Flexus has given up. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm here. Number four. No, no, three. We're out of time. All right. Thank you, Flexus. We yeah, love you. Cowboy, we win. Cowboy gets a golden ticket. And a uh, very interesting answer by Flexus, though. I mean, I've, that's, you know. <laughs> vibrate. I think that would be a word on a sports talk radio show. Why would that, gotta uh, go. Really? Uh... The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zen 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment... 
Oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.